0: Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I wanna make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you. And you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans, they even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices you can have read the bible to you over time i've listened to rosie the most she is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to i also love amber's voice it's comforting and eloquent so good and then you can also choose what you want in the background whether it's music or white noise i love hearing the piano being played while i listen to the bible being read to me pretty special dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think.
1: Christian Parenting
0: Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host, and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here.
1: We try so hard to treat the surface issues like we try to stick a bandage on it and with our kids too. It's like, we're just trying to fix the behavior instead of really going to the root of where is this actually coming from? Like what's going on here? What are their fears? What are their insecurities? What are the lies that they are believing that is causing them to have these actions on the surface? Because if we don't uproot and unearth these false beliefs and these things that are just dysfunction in our life. It's still going to be there. We can clip on the surface all the weeds and but if the roots are still there, nothing's actually going to change. Aloha
0: friends and welcome back to the Boy Mom podcast. I'm so glad you're here today and I just have to pause real quick to say a big mahalo, a thank you. For those of you who tuned in last week to the 100th episode celebration, those of you who commented, shared the episode, emailed me, oh my goodness, it just made me love this community that much more. So thank you, thank you. And I cannot wait to grow with you in all the episodes ahead. Okay, now we opened up with a short clip from today's guest who I'm so excited to share with all of you. We are talking to Crystal Payne who many of you have been following for years probably, as she is the wildly popular founder of MoneySavingMom.com and host of the Crystal Payne Show. Crystal is a New York Times bestselling author, and she's been teaching us for years how to save money, how to be creative and resourceful as moms and wives. But more recently, she switched gears. And after going through a difficult season with one of her children, she shares her story in a new book called Love-Centered Parenting. Now, In Love-Centered Parenting, Crystal really shares her own journey of understanding at a deeper level how loved she is by God and how that can transform her parenting. And I do believe that her journey will be very eye-opening and inspiring to a lot of parents. Um, It can save us all going through some of the difficulties she went through. So I hope that you get so much out of her story. I just think she was very brave and humble to share what she's been through. And just I'm really proud of her for what she's done. So I hope you get so much out of this conversation. Before we dive into the interview, though, I do want to give you a heads up and make sure you mark your calendars because a very special online event is coming up in just a few weeks, and I am a part of it, and I want you to be a part of it too. This is a perfectly imperfect parenting event put on by Christian Parenting. Many of you were a part of last fall's event. Um, It was an all-online event in October, and on April 23rd and 24th, we've got another one. This is called Refocused, Refined, and Ready, and I am speaking along. Side much bigger people than me. There's, we've got Paul David Tripp, Bob Goff, Jamie Ivy, Jess Connolly, so many huge speakers and so many great topics related to parenting. If you want to grow as a parent, this is the event for you. I can't wait to be speaking at it, but even more, I can't wait to learn from everyone else who's speaking at it. So be sure to go to show notes. There will be a link. You can grab your tickets. And the cool thing is, once again, it's a two day event, but then you'll be able to um, go back and watch these speakers for many weeks months ahead. So you'll have plenty of time to catch them all, and I think you'll get tons out of it. Okay, guys? So without further ado, I want to dive in and start this interview. Put on your walking shoes, stick in your earbuds, whatever it is you're doing. I hope you feel like you're joining Crystal Payne and I as we talk about love-centered parenting. So I'll have a few final words to say at the end. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Crystal, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. And I've just got so many questions to dive into. But before we get into
1: today's conversation, why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners? Yeah, so my husband and I have been married for, for over 18 years. I said almost 18 years, mm-hmm. yes. And um, we said our marriage is now an adult. Um, and <laughs> uh, we so have cool. four biological kids, Um three girls and a boy um they are 16 13 11 and 11 months. And then we're also foster parents. And so last year we fostered um, a sweet little boy who is now reunified with his mom. He was with us for eight months. We brought him home from the NICU and we just got to see him on Saturday and he's doing so well. And um, then we're currently fostering a sweet little eight month old boy who has a lot of medical complexities. And um, so we are just learning so much about Down syndrome, the cleft lip, cleft palate, feeding tubes. I've never done a feeding tube before. He doesn't eat anything orally. And so um, we are learning a lot with that. Um, so it's a whole new boy-mom adventure. Wow. <laughs> um, and, wow. um, Then also I uh, have written a few books and um, my husband and I do a podcast called The Crystal Pain Show and I'm the founder of MoneySavingMom.com. Wow. That is a lot. <laughs> and before we dive into the stuff you do for work, just back to the kids. So have you Foster parented for a long time so we we were licensed um let's see we've been we were licensed in uh, October of two thousand nineteen. So we have had a few short term, and then we um, have had these um this is our second long term placement.
0: Okay. Wow. That is just so cool. And I also love that you have an 11-year-old and an 11-month-old because (laughs) I kind of did the same thing. I'm looking at your family layout and um, I had – how old were my boys? I had three boys who were ages – like 11 9 and 7 or 10 8 and 6 and then I had my fourth son. And so I have that gap my between actually between my first and my last son is also almost 11 years. And I just can tell you that they have this amazing relationship. My youngest mm-hmm. is now 10 and he and his 21-year-old
1: brother are really close and have a super mm. cool relationship. So it can be done. <laughs> yes. Yes, my youngest brother is 17 years younger than me. Um there are seven kids in my family and so I have an older sister so there's a 20 20- year um, age range. And so I'm like, it's just, it's this, it's a different relationship for sure. Cause like he was two whenever I got married, but we still have, I just like, I love him so much. And he's just graduating college soon. Mm. And it's, it's, it's really fun. So we're hoping that for our kids as well.
0: Yes. Oh, I love it. I just think family structure, family dynamics are so much fun. So that is awesome. Well, um, we're going to be talking today about a new book that you have that I've been reading and enjoying so much. But first of all, anyone who knows you might know you as the money saving mom. You just mentioned that briefly. And that's kind of been your, you know, the area you've camped out on for many years, right? Can you just give us a little background on that part of your life? And then we're going to dive into this new, this new project.
1: Yes. So when my husband and I got married, um, we had set this audacious goal that he was going to go to law school and we were going to stay out of debt. And so we forged into that adventure and uh, quickly found that, um, you know, it was, like the rubber met the road. And it was Uh one of the things where it's easy to say, I trust God, God provides. But then when you aren't sure how you're going to pay your rent check or how you're going to buy your groceries in a few weeks, um, you really have to trust God. And so God was so faithful, but there was a lot that I learned about how to maximize the mileage of our money. And also I talked about growing up in a family of nine with seven kids. Um, Part of I was homeschooled and part of my home ec was that my mom had me do our menu planning and grocery shopping and cooking for for two years. And so I kind of went into marriage with a lot of. Good hands on experience of how to live on a budget. And um, anyway, so I started blogging um, as just a way to um, make a little side income. And that was in 2004, 2005, where wow, way back. Yeah, way back. I'm a grandma blogger, as a yeah. comment. Back before social media, if we can even remember it. Right. I was like yeah. that. Um, wow. And so then I was doing a lot of different things online just to try to help us be able to have enough. Money to pay our bills. And that really discovered that I love this blogging thing. People were very fascinated about saving money and how we were living on a $30 a week grocery budget. And so I started just talking more about that and just realized that there was a huge need for practical money-saving tips, especially for moms, because Dave Ramsey was kind of becoming a big thing at that time, but he was more like for the whole family and moms were saying, well, what can I do from home? And so um, I started moneysavingmom.com dot in 2007, um, kind of thinking it would just be the side thing in addition to a kind of a number of other things that I was doing. And within a year, we were making a full-time income off of it. And in 2014, my husband came home, um, quit his law firm and came home. And we've been doing this business at home together for wow. quite a while. We were like, we've been preparing for COVID for a long time because yeah. last year, whenever everything shut down, we're like, well, it didn't really change anything. We always just work from home. So
0: Totally. Wow. What a story. That is amazing. And so you've written a couple books related to that topic, right? Tell us about that because we'll link to all these too.
1: um, So my first book was called The Money Saving Mom's Budget. And then um, I had my second book was actually more about time management. It was called Say Goodbye to Survival Mode. And then my third book was called Money Making Mom. So for years, um, I was kind of known as the person that would talk about saving money, making money, and managing your time well. So definitely this new book is a big departure from all Mm -hmm. of that and definitely was something that I never saw myself as (laughs) writing. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Well, then tell us how that shift happened, Um, just how you found yourself really heading into this realm of parenting and writing a parenting book.
1: So if you'd asked me seven years ago, you'd been like, hey, would you like to write a parenting book someday? I've been like, no, that is not something (laughs) I'm ever going to talk about. But um, four years ago, one of my kids went through a really, really rough season and just kind of spiraled out, hit rock bottom. And in the process, I really – just had to go back to square one as a parent. And I open up the book, Love-Centered Parenting, which is talking about walking into the emergency room and saying my child is suicidal. And um, just, I really, my heart for this book was to help parents know that you're not alone and you don't have to carry the weight of trying to Get it all right and do, be perfect parents. Um, that's why we called it the No Fail Guide to Launching Your Kids because it's all about being faithful and walking with your kids and loving them versus doing it perfectly. You can't fail when you're faithful and you just love your kids. Wow, that's um, you faced
0: something that is just like the nightmare we all, you know probably ponder occasionally. And so can you walk us through a little bit about that, what you're comfortable sharing here? Tell us what that was like and kind of the days that followed that.
1: Yes. So it all started um, one day, our kids were going to this little Christian school in our area. And one day my husband went to drop them off and the principal met him and said, I need to meet with you and your wife and your child after school. And we you know my husband came home and he told me and we just knew it's not good but we really couldn't think what what is this about like what is this and so we went and we met with him and he shared with us that our child had done something the day before that really shocked us that was that had broken the sco- school's code of conduct and that they were being asked to leave the school until things were you know, taken care of. And there were a Mm. lot of measures that needed to be put in place. They ended up actually um, being denied um, re-enrollment as a result of just kind of how things went down. But in the process of that, we uncovered a lot that this wasn't just an isolated incident, that there was a lot of stuff that had been going down that we didn't know anything about. And our child just really, for lack of a better terminology, spiraled out and Mm. just became Very angry, vitriolic, everything that we tried to do, they were just lashing out and just so upset with us. And we felt so powerless as parents to know what to do because it's not like there's a manual for well just do these three steps and then your child's gonna be okay. And every day it just seemed to get worse. And um there they had severe kind of spiraled into this severe anxiety and then depression. And then that led to them saying um some different, you know, things like I wish I'd never been born, the world would be better without me, things like that. And um so that's how we ended up in the emergency room. Um, And it was a really dark, hard season. And as a mom, I just remember feeling so like just this desperation of I want to help my child. I feel like I've worked so hard to be a good mom and to, you know, set a good example and, you know, have conversations and protect them. And like, you know, they were in a Christian school, you know, we've taught them about Jesus and um, why is this happening? And yet, God used it for so much good in my life to bring to light how I was parenting for my reputation and I cared Mm. about what other people thought about me Mm -hmm. instead of really parenting for relationship with my kids. And so it just set me on this journey that has really changed my life and changed our parenting and changed our home. Wow,
0: that's that's huge. I'm I'm curious if that came just through reflection and prayer or was it something your child said? How did you even come to terms cuz that takes a lot of humility to to really face something like that. How did how did that come to you?
1: So, we were able to get our child into therapy um and when this was right around the time right after we had gone to the hospital and they they sent us home that said that we needed to get into therapy and they gave us the name of some therapist. And so we were able to get into therapy. And I remember sitting in the room with the therapists, our very first meeting, our child wasn't there. It was just my husband and I and saying to her, there's anything that I can do as a parent. Like, please let me know because I just want to help my child and I don't mm-hmm. know how to help them. And yeah. within a few weeks after multiple sessions with our child, um, one day, the therapist called me back, and after she dismissed my child, and she said, um, "I feel like you're trying so hard to fix your child. What would it look like to just walk with them instead?" Mm. And I started paying attention to my responses because I thought, hmm, am I actually doing that? And I realized that anytime any of my kids would act out or talk back or they'd be arguing with one another or um, they'd be making a choice that I didn't agree with or just doing anything that I felt like needed to be You know, taking care of, I would kind of swoop in and try to fix the situation. And I was spending so much of my time correcting my kids and Mm -hmm. very, very little time connecting Mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. And I realized as I just dug into that more, I like to ask the question, why? Like, why? Why am I doing this? And then ask why again? You know, where is this coming from? Why? And the more that I dug, the more that I paid attention, the more I realized that it had to do with these lies that I was believing about who I was and that I was a disappointment to people closest to me, that I was a failure as a mom, that um, I just wasn't enough, that everyone else was doing so much better than me. I didn't measure up. And I let those lies Become my truth because if you believe a lie for long enough, it becomes your truth. And then it had they had been my labels that I wore and that I led with and that I lived under. And I didn't see them as lies. I thought they were the truth sure. because yeah. I had just lived with them for so long. And so I started, you know, holding them up to scripture and saying, What does the word of God say? And the word of God does not say that I am a failure, that I am a disappointment to those closest to me, that I don't, you know, that. That when God sees me, all he sees is just someone who is just failing and messing up. But instead, he sees me as beautiful and redeemed and forgiven and loved and chosen and enough in him. Wow. And so I had to start really calling out those lies. And I would verbally actually, you know, when something would come into my head of you're failing or you're a failure, call it out and say, no, that's a lie, and then replace it with the truth. And mm-hmm. it took two years of doing this and just doing it over and over and over again until I was literally rewiring the pathways of my brain Yeah, and changing the way that I think. Like scripture talks about renewing your mind mm-hmm. and camping on the truth and, and not allowing those lies to take up residence and root and instead just replacing them with truth and cramming my head so full of truth so that there wasn't space for the lies. And the more that I did this, the more that it changed the way that I lived because I was Mm -hmm. living out of truth instead of lies. And so it changed everything for me, including my parenting.
0: Yeah, that's that's all so good, and I I could talk about these brain pathways and the lies we tell. It's just something I love to learn about, and um, you know, part of my journey. Many of my listeners know that I really overcame years of struggling with having an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise in my body. And it was in my early 30s, after my second son was born, that I just went through this time where I needed to overcome that in a big way, but diets weren't solving it and all those things weren't. And really it was the mindset change that I realized you know, along these lines, this is what was my biggest hang up was the lies I was believing about myself. And so that's kind of part of my story. But I I wrote an article that was on my blog years ago called something along the lines of when feeling bad about ourselves makes us parent badly. And I know that for me, even just being hung up in my own issues, my own personal body issues could make me parent poorly because I was just in such a negative space. And I know that whatever it is, we're preoccupied with if we're in an unhealthy place with thoughts about ourselves it can make us parent badly and i think that if we are believing lies about who we are as a parent oh my goodness 100% and so really this is this is essentially about your identity about you Finding a new way to see yourself, right? That's kind of the biggest shift. From from what I read in your book, there was just a revelation when you realized that you could live from a place of being loved. In fact, that's your word, right? The the loved me is what you say. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Tell us more that, about that. Yes. And so it just it made such a difference because if you like I talked about them being the lies that I led with. So if you go into a situation and you believe that you're a failure. So your your children are fighting. And you go in there and you already believe that you're a failure. Mm -hmm. You're going to parent out of that place of failing versus if you believe that you are loved by God, you're going to parent completely different. And one um, question, I was listening to this podcast, the Trim Healthy Mama podcast, and they had this guest on and she was talking about the negative narrative in your head. And she said that she started asking herself, how would loved me live? Mm -hmm. What would loved me do? And I realized I couldn't even fathom like believing that I was loved. And, like, and to start from that place of not even saying, okay, I believe this, but just saying, if I actually did believe that I was Love. loved, yeah, how would it change my actions? Wow. And so I started saying, okay, then – according to scripture i am loved by god right. for who i am not because of what i've done or haven't done or mm-hmm. you know just because he loves me and so how would i live if i truly believe that and i realized i would live completely different because mm-hmm. i would have so much confidence in situations mm-hmm. i wouldn't <laughs> worry about what other people think yep. i you know like you were talking about you you don't you're not worrying about your body or your size or what it says on the scales or whether you can fit into that pair of pants you're not worried about you know your kids like if they are acting out or how they are or how other people view them that's not what matters anymore because you know that you are loved by God and nothing that anyone says or does can change that. Mm -hmm. And you can camp in that and live out of that. And I realized I would just have so much more confidence, but also I would love people so much more because I had held back out of my own insecurity. And when I didn't worry about that anymore, I could just step into situations and just love wholeheartedly. And there was just so much freedom in that for me in all areas of my life, but especially in my parenting because it's like, you know what? I'm just going to pour out love for these kids and not – parent from the place of, you need to get your act together and stop being like this because this is not how we act. And, you know, parenting from that space of fear of the future Mm -hmm. or fear of my reputation, Sure. so often that was those sermons that I was preaching to my Mm -hmm. kids, the lectures that I was giving, it was all about my reputation and my fear of the future.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm just going to say, somebody listening needs to hear this. You wouldn't have guessed that Until you dug in and asked yourself some hard questions, I'm thinking you didn't realize probably that you were operating from a place of not feeling loved. Like you, as a Christian, you probably told yourself, yes, I'm loved. But when you were
1: honest, when you dug in, that's when you discovered this? Yes. And I think so often... We try so hard to treat the surface issues like we try to stick a bandage on it and with our kids too. It's like we're just trying to fix the behavior instead of really going to the root of where is this actually coming from? Like what's going on here? What are their fears? What are their insecurities? What are the lies that they are believing that is causing them to have these actions on the surface? Let's dig down to the root and really get to that. Because if we don't uproot and unearth these false beliefs and these things, that are just you know dysfunction in our life it's still going to be there we can clip you know it's like we can clip on the surface the um all the weeds and but if the roots are still there nothing's actually going to change
0: oh i couldn't agree more i love that Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation and there's still more yet to come, but I wanted to pause real quick to thank this episode's sponsor, which I'm really excited about. We are working with strikeclub.com and StrikeClub Club is skincare essentials for the boys. Seriously, how much could I love that? Skincare essentials for the boys. So if your teen or preteen struggles with acne, it's time to try a proven solution formulated by a pediatric dermatologist. For most boys, a multi-step skincare routine is too much. Amen to that. And Strike Club products work so hard, you don't need a routine. It's effective, simple, clean, and has five-star reviews at Target. So guys, go on over to strikeclub.com and use boy mom to receive 10% off your purchases. You can also buy strike club at target or at target.com. Uh, strike club sent me a bag full of these products. My boys love them. And the truth is I love the packaging. It's so clean and simple. It just looks like something boys would love and it is great quality products. So I hope you love it too. Thank you strike club for sponsoring this episode and go find them at strike Now back to the show. So throughout the book, you use the phrase, how would loved me respond? Can you then give some practical examples? How how did that play out in your parenting, um, either for yourself or how you then applied this to helping your kids walk through things, teaching them to live as loved as well?
1: Yes. So I think it changes your just how you approach your kids, the posture that you have towards your kids. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is how we can't change our circumstances a lot of the time we can't change our kids behavior even though we we think we can but we can't but we can always choose our response to them and so i talk about four choices of lean in and love listen well lead with humility and let go and those are the four choices that we can control mm. we can choose to in a situation instead of lashing out in anger or parenting from a place of fear, we can choose to lean in and love. We can choose to listen well, not only to what is being said, but what our kids' actions are telling us and listening to what's going on under the surface and where their heart is and where it's really coming from and leading with humility. We can choose to do that. And that's not to just preach these sermons and shut them down and get them to you know have the behavior that we want them to have, but really Leading with humility is showing our kids our need for Jesus and that we're not perfect and that we rely upon Him and that we're going to make mistakes, but that's why there's Jesus. If Mm -hmm. we were perfect, we wouldn't need Him. And Mm -hmm. so to to model that before our kids, to point them to Jesus. And then also when we've messed up, to ask forgiveness and to, to be honest with them. And then finally to let go because we cannot... Micromanage our kids' behavior. As you know, with having older kids, like there's a point when, you know, when they're little, we can Mm -hmm. try to like set up all these boundaries. And so they can only make good choices. But Mm -hmm. as they get older, we can't control that. And Mm -hmm. so we're carrying around this weight of feeling like, You know, our job performance is on the line with our kids' choices and behaviors, and we're parenting from the place of that we're supposed to be our kids' Savior and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're going to be miserable, but we're also going to have so much weight on us. But Mm. to let go and to open up our hands and to just leave it in God's hands and to let our kids, you know... Make some mistakes that I think that that's one of the greatest gifts we can give them is to allow them to, you know, with us close by them, you know, making choices that are going, they're going to learn from them instead of trying so hard to make sure that everything is perfect and that they mm. never struggle and they never make mistakes, but to let go in that sense and to trust God that he loves our kids even more than we do and we can mm. trust him. Yeah. Mm.
0: That's so good. Well, I'm thinking these four choices, as much as it involves not micromanaging, they still take time because they really take intention. To listen to your child when they're ready to talk means we need to put down what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you have any advice. You are, you know, a busy woman running a, a big career, writing books, doing all the things that you do. For you to be able to be intentional, because I'm guessing that looking back, you realize, like most of us, that Sometimes we're available when we want to be available, but I know it's harder for me to put down my stuff
1: when my sons need me. Any advice for being able to be intentional in the middle of a busy life? I think one of the most important things for me is to allow space in my day. Mm -hmm. I just, every day when I... I write a time block to-do list that has, you know, the times for the things that I have to do and, and kind of an order of priority because I do have a lot of different things that I'm juggling. But I always try to allow breathing room in there because, it you know, if my child walks in the room and they're like, hey, mom, can we, you know, I want to be able to put things down and not say, I can't talk right now, you know. Right. And so being available, we have to be intentional about allowing that space in our calendar, in our schedule. And then sometimes that means, you know, we're going to have to set something aside that feels like it's important to us, but it's not the most important thing. And so I always think of what's going to matter in 25 years from now. And there are a lot of things that aren't going to matter, but those conversations with my kids, that is what is going to matter. And if we're not available to them when they're little and available for those conversations that it feels like, Oh my goodness! This is like the tenth time they've told me about their Lego tower that they built. We have to move on to something else. Right. But if you don't listen when they're little, right? They're not just magically going to start talking when they're right. older. And it's so, so, true. Just uh, you know, being intentional about stepping into their world and mm-hmm. wanting to be with them. But the cool thing is, is I feel like. I just, I love my older kids. They are so much fun. Like we just just have the best time hanging out. And sure, they have their their issues and struggles and all that. But when you're wanting to really hear their heart and care about them as a person holistically, instead of just caring about them making all the right choices and doing the right thing. It's just, it's so rewarding as a mom because to just get to love them, And to cheer for them and to be there on the sidelines, but to not feel like I have to micromanage all their decisions. Right.
0: Oh, yeah. And it just gets better. I, you know, have two boys in college now, and I kind of, laugh because often my husband will take my two boys who are home out in the afternoon. He'll get home from work and take them surfing, which gives me a couple hours to get anything done that I need to do after homeschooling all day. (laughs) And it never fails because my sons are in California, which is a three-hour time difference from Hawaii. And they will decide to give mom a phone call right about the time I sit down to get something done. And I just think what a blessing that they want to chat with mm-hmm. me so you know I just take to set my computer down and put my feet up and just enjoy chatting with those college boys but what a, what a privilege I mean I'm thrilled but it's it goes on and on but also the joy just gets better and better as you watch them launch into the world and do great things I love that okay well one more one more thing I wanted to talk about because it's something I love to talk about as well in my book boy mom as well as all the time. And that is just the difference between rules-based parenting and relationship-based parenting and how this has shifted
1: for you. Yes. So it's really interesting. When I was writing this book, I ask on Instagram, I'm The Money Saving Mom on Instagram, and I ask for people to fill in the blank. My job as a parent is to blank. And I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses. And I would say that 98 to 99% of the responses were things that we ultimately don't have any control over as a parent. And I realized how no wonder parents are feeling so much burden and so much stress and like they have to set up all these rules for their kids. Because they feel like it's their job to make sure, for instance, that their kid's are successful, that they go to a great college and that they end up, um that they go to heaven. I mean, that was like <laughs> a lot of the people, it was like, they said, my kids, you know, my job as a parent is to make sure that my child is successful in life. My job mm-hmm. as a parent is to make sure that my child um, has, you know, great character. My job as a parent is to make sure that my child goes to heaven someday. And mm-hmm. like these, these different things, just like we want to teach and lead and train and talk and walk with and all that, but we can't control our kids' choices and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we have that rules-based parenting, it's feeling so much like it's all on us to micromanage our kids. But relationship is about walking with them and loving them and knowing that they're going to make choices that are different than us and that's okay. They're going to do some things that we're probably really not going to like or we're not going to, you know, would be different than what we would have chosen. But just loving them and walking with them. And, you know, obviously we want to, especially when they're younger, you know, you do have to have some rules. I'm not saying you just, you know, let all the rules go, but that our heart behind everything is our relationship with our kids, not just making sure that they make good choices, but that we're that they know that we are for them and that. We have a relationship with them, and I think you know when we do say no, when we do set up those boundaries, that we're very clear with them why, that we give them a reason for why, and it's not just just because or Mm -hmm. because I'm your parent, so just behave, but that we really tell them, and that we have a reason. Because if we don't have a reason that is a good, solid reason for why we're saying no to something, then I think we really need to reconsider why are we, why is this knee jerk no? Is it just because Mm -hmm. it's going to make my life easier? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times that's what I'll realize. I will want to say no just because saying yes is going to be hard and an Mm -hmm. inconvenience to my life. And so, you know, making sure that why are we setting up the boundaries that we are? Why are we saying yes or saying no? And, you know, just going back to that why again and making sure that we're not parenting out of that place of fear, but that we're parenting out of that space of rest and wanting to lean in and love our kids.
0: Mm yeah i'm i i know from you know the emails i receive and all the conversations i've had over my 10 years of writing about parenting and blogging and all of that that a lot of parents do feel that pressure and and i i am such a believer in our role as parents you know just being that that great privilege but also responsibility but i think when we're coming from a place of grace it just it's it's kind of that internal shift that changes everything and it's it's hard to even describe what's happening externally but i i do believe that when we have grace we we're still going to experience conviction right so i guess i just want to be clear with people that when when i experience conviction cuz i'll wake up sometimes and be like i really blew it as a mom yesterday and now that's not always a time for me to go, oh, but God's got them. Sometimes I need to say, yeah, I did. And how can I do better? Right? So there's that conviction of the Holy Spirit that's different from the condemnation that's just lies telling you that you're a terrible parent or whatever else. And that's where I think God's grace is so important because when we're walking in grace, we can say, yeah, I did blow it, but you know what? I'm never going to be perfect. God's grace will cover me, but now how can I do better? Right?
1: Yes. And I think it's also that You know, for it's that opportunity for us to point our kids to Jesus because when we blow it, and we will, um, and we do, is Mm -hmm. to go back to them and be able to Mm -hmm. say, you know, yesterday when I responded like that out of anger towards you, that was not showing you love and i was you know honestly i was afraid we just had a situation recently where um one of my kids wanted to do something and they were very adamant and we ended up having a big blowout argument and and i knew in my heart it's just because i'm afraid of where this will lead and and so i was instead of me really being able to hear what they were saying and really mm-hmm. being able to meet them in that space i was just playing it out to worst case scenario and getting really upset with them mm-hmm. and so i was able to go back to them and say I'm really sorry. I was scared and here's why. And I just reacted out of my fear and I was parenting from that place of fear. And, um, they caused me to be really angry and ugly with you. And I am so sorry. And this is something that I'm working on. Will you please forgive me? And just being able to model that for our kids of how much we need Jesus and how mm-hmm. much we are still learning and the Holy Spirit's conviction in us. So if you feel that in you, you know, where you feel that just that still small voice inside of like, you did not walk that well. Mm-hmm. instead of just stuffing it down and being like oh, that's fine you know mm-hmm. but no saying okay where what do i need to own in this situation what do i need to apologize for in the, the chapter in my book on leading with humility really talking about the the power of going back to our kids and asking forgiveness and because i think for them then they see you know mom makes mistakes too and sure. mom needs jesus too and mm-hmm. so it's an opportunity for us to point them to the lord in the middle of our mistake and mess mm-hmm. up that we are pointing them to Jesus and being able to walk that. So someday when they make a mistake, when they mess up, when they sin, that they're gonna remember, you know what, my mom, she struggled with this too. And she came back and asked forgiveness and she humbled herself. And and you know, I I just think that it's even though we we want to be perfect for our kids, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but it's we can set more of an example for them in our imperfection.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think modeling is huge. I think so much of parenting is truly just how we walk out our days. And so modeling that humility and that need for God's grace is just so big. And and talking about the rules and relationship, it just reminds me of a quote. I think it's Josh McDowell that I love that says, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And I think that's where the relationship as a foundation is so key, because then once you have that relationship in place, mm-hmm. when you do need to say no, which I think there's a lot of no's in parenting, especially in the early years. When you do need to set a boundary, when you mm-hmm. do need to discipline, which we do, that's a huge part of our calling as parents is discipline. It's coming from a place that they know they're loved. They know they've got a healthy relationship. And, and I think too, that's where our role changes. Those early years, there's so much discipline. There's so much, you know, we're, we're mom, mommy, but then that Develops into more of a coach and then a mentor. And now I see with my 21 year old, it's a friendship that is just incredibly rewarding, but things have to kind of grow through each stage. Oh, this is so many good topics that we could just keep going. Um, But I'm going to let people just get their hands on your book instead because your story is powerful. Um, I was drawn in right away and just really appreciate that you. Uh, we're able to share this with all of us and i know a lot of people are going to relate and be blessed and encouraged by what you shared so i want to thank you for taking the time to write the book even though it wasn't what you normally do <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i'm just so grateful for you know god using hard things in our life for good and to look back and you know 4 years ago i never could have dreamed where we would be and how god would use it for so much good in my life in our child's life in our whole family's life we've all changed as a result of it and then that god would use this message to impact other people as well it's it's really humbling and i also just want to say i'm really grateful to my child for giving me the permission to share their story um because that was something that we had a lot of conversations about of how you know if I'm going to write this book, how, how do you feel about this? And just really having those conversations. And I know that this child really feels like if this can impact and help other people, then it's totally worth it. Awesome. That is huge. Well,
0: uh, if people want to just track you down right now on their little phone or wherever they are, how can they find and follow you?
1: I would love for people to follow me on Instagram. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. I share lots of just everyday encouragement, real life stuff and things that I'm learning, books that I'm reading, obviously lots of baby stuff and foster care because that's a big (laughs) part of my life. But but then also teens, like today I was talking about my daughter drove um, our kids to school for the first time because she just got her license. And so it's like, (laughs) we're in this like, this space Ooh. of, you know, these diapers and yeah. bottles and then teenagers. Crazy. Always oh, interesting things going on. Um, so that's The Money Saving Mom on Instagram. And then if you love um deals or you're looking for ways to save money, um, moneysavingmom.com. And then my husband and I do the podcast called The Crystal Pain Show. um So I'd love for you to listen there. Terrific. We'll be linking to all of those places as well as
0: your new book that I'm just excited to share with everybody. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And I'm just so happy to get to know you here. Thank you so much, Monica. God bless. Aloha. All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Crystal Payne. And you can find links to Crystal Payne's website, Instagram feed, her new book, and anything else we talked about over in show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 101. All right. Thank you for being here. Um, I always love to hear from you. So never hesitate to reach out with questions, episode suggestions, and so on. You can email me at aloha at monicaswanson. Swanson.com. All right, guys, God bless you. We've got great episodes coming up this spring and summer are packed cannot wait to grow with you here. So thanks for being a part of this podcast community. Please continue to spread the word. And listen, if you haven't left a rating or review yet, that would mean so much to me. So please do that. Just click on your phone, just scroll right on down, find those five stars, tap on them, and leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom Podcast. And maybe I'll share what you have to say in a future episode. All right, guys, God bless you. Have a great week, and Until next time, aloha.